Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love talent. I don't need this. <laughs> and uh, grateful that you share your gifts and your talents here with us. Thank you so much, Anna. Uh, if you receive our Friday email, you will see that the title of today's message is The Seven Course Meal. The seven-course meal, and you know, I, I like to, I, you know, I like to keep the messages a little obtuse because then you don't really know what I'm what I'm going to say, and then I can change it up on Sunday morning if I want to change it up. <clears throat> but I'm very specific about what the seven-course meal is this week. Now, how did this come to be? Um, I was invited to a dinner at a friend's, well, somebody that I didn't really know, I had had recently met, but my husband's coworker uh, invited us over for dinner, and uh, we set it up for this past Tuesday. And, I mean, what do you think about when you're invited to dinner? You think, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna have a nice meal, we'll have some, you know, conversation, and that'll be that, and, you know. Boy, I got an unexpected treat on Tuesday. It was beyond, beyond anything I could have imagined it was going to be. Because what I did not know about this magnificent woman who invited us over for dinner is that she is a French chef. Like a legit French chef who teaches people how to prepare French cuisine. She's practically like the Julia Child of Sawarita. That's that's what I'm gonna call her. (laughs) She may not like that, I don't know. She may love it, who knows? Um, you know, the funny thing is that day, uh, I do this video on Facebook and on YouTube each, uh, each Sunday. No, each Tuesday through Friday. I do, a fa- I do a video on Facebook and YouTube each Sunday as well, this. Um, but Tuesdays through Fridays, I do this m- mid- midday mindful moment. And that day, on Tuesday, the theme was welcoming unexpected blessings. So I got to have a truly unexpected blessing. Here's what happened. We show up. And we are immediately brought uh, some champagne, and uh, we sit down at, you know, in a nice conversational area, and we have some beautiful hors d'oeuvres, uh, you know, as a starter. And then we get up and we go, and we are brought out plate after plate after plate of uh, this magnificent seven-course meal. Um, one of the things that, so I'm going to admit freely, she may be watching, and now I, now I feel a little bad about saying this. One of the things is, I was so exhausted on Tuesday, when Dane and I were driving, Dane is my husband, when we were driving down there, I said, let's try and, you know, enjoy the evening, but also wrap it up pretty quickly. <laughs> so we sat, we got there about 6.15, sat down uh, for hors d'oeuvres at about 6.15, we moved to the table about quarter to seven, and the final dessert we completed at about 11.15 that night. I didn't care that I was exhausted. It was incredible, incredible. One of the things that happens too is that because these are two people that I essentially had met for the first time, you get asked questions. (laughs) The one question, what do you do? (laughs) I'm a minister. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're into the discussion of religion at the dinner table, which what do they say? Never talk about at the dinner table, politics or religion. (laughs) 
But it was absolutely extraordinary because we were able to see eye to eye in very different spiritual paths and we were able to find the commonalities between us, which is what we're all trying to do, I think, you know? You know, so I stepped back and I thought, this has just been an incredible night and how do I now get to use this as a metaphor for my Sunday message? <laughs> in what way might we consider our entire life as a magnificent seven-course dinner. I just looked down and realized, the other thing is when we sat down at the table, we had all the courses laid out exactly what we were expecting. I mean, it, yeah, in French with translations, <clears throat> really incredible. So in what ways might we experience life as a magnificent seven-course dinner? So the, there's a thing that actually came up for me. Um, and number one is keep each course manageable. What does that mean? In this seven-course meal, it's not, that we, it's not that we were delivered these humongous plates of food. It was each little magnificent piece that added up to a magnificent experience. So, for instance, you know, in the, in the fish course, we were served on a plate one scallop on, uh, on five spears of asparagus. You know, and you just sit and you, you savor the experience of that. And I think we have forgotten how to savor the experience of mealtime. Certainly my husband and I have because very frequently we find ourselves with a TV tray watching television while we shovel food in, right? <laughs> Having this experience of food was so, so wonderful. So don't overdo any one course is one of the lessons that I thought about that day. Trust that each part is supportive of the whole experience. Each part is supportive of the whole experience. So how do we approach this thing called life? If life, as I'm using the metaphor today, is a seven course meal, how do we approach this thing called life? And the belief in an embodiment of spirituality in it. How do we approach it? I think sometimes we miss the mark thinking that we have to ingest it and experience it all right here, right now. What if we let go of that need and actually just enjoyed it in little bits and pieces? Are we willing to take our time in the experience of life to enjoy each portion of the experience? It was an important thing for me to really consider. And I thought, well, if that's the way we're going to experience it, what might those seven courses be? I stepped back and I thought, oh, now I have to figure out what the metaphor really is. Like, what is our appetizer and how do we make our way all the way through to dessert? And then it hit me. There is someone that many people refer to, he is referred to as one of the fathers of New Thought. He is a contemporary of the Fillmores and uh, very prominent in the new development of New Thought, uh, specifically in England, in, in the British Isles. Uh, his name is Thomas Troward, and he is very famous for having a lot of influence on New Thought teaching. He defined God, although he pretty much doesn't ever use the word God, he uses the word spirit. He defined God or spirit in this way through seven substantive properties. 
And so I'm going to offer up this menu today, the seven substantive properties of God. And I invite you, as I move through this seven-course meal, that you reflect upon your own inner relationship to each one of these courses. And so he begins with, and we will begin with this course today, that one of the substantive properties, our appetizer today, is life. That is a substantive property of the divine. And we teach within this philosophy that we are divine. We are the expression of God. As I used today in the meditation, we are not drops in the ocean. We are not separate from. We are the entire ocean in a drop. And so life is part of our magnificence expressing forth. Charles Fillmore defined life in this manner. Life is the expression of being, which manifests itself as animation. Because <laughs> I'm fairly animated, right? Animation, activity, vigor. I love that word, vigor. Life is vigor. Life is the activating principle, the energy that propels all form into action. Now, I hold to this notion and I agree with this definition of life. It is that vitality at the core of each and every one of us. From the seemingly lifeless, there is life at the core of all of it. When you take it down to its essential elements, life is at the core of all of it. Troward said this because spirit or God is life, because it is life, it must also be love. And that's our second course. Love is the second course. Love, as Charles Fillmore says, is the pure essence of being. Love is the power that joins and binds in the divine harmony the universe and everything in it. Love is the glue which holds life together. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit for the purposes of creation. Love and life work in tandem. They work in tandem. The tendency of life, our tendency, if we are open to that tendency, is to express more fully through love. That is the tendency of life. Now, we can squash that tendency and experience life in a very different way. But if you let go of the ways we, if we let go of the ways we hold on to things and enjoy the flow of this seven-course meal, then I think what we will find is that we will express more fully and more lovingly through love. Droward explained the pure motive of giving greater enjoyment of life is love. The pure motive of giving greater enjoyment of life. That's how he defined love. Love is at the core of each and every one of us, just as life is at the core of each and every one of us. Because spirit or God is life guided by love, Troward continues, it must also be light. That's our third course. So we have life, we have love, and we have light. What is light? Just think for yourself. You know, we talk a lot about light, that we want to be the light. We want to feel enlightened. We talk about light as a metaphor a lot. So what is light? 
Charles Fillmore explains light as the understanding principle in mind. Light is the illumination, the capacity within each and every one of us to be illuminated into perception. As opposed to trying to understand life in the darkness, we are the light itself. We are the light itself. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, in John 8, 12, he meant that he was an expresser of truth in all aspects. And it was his desire not to be set apart from, but to help us each to understand that this is who and what we are. For Jesus was a way shower, a way shower of how to be the expression of light. We have this capacity, each and every one of us has this capacity to be the expressors of truth in all aspects. This is how we arrive at the fourth course. So here we are, life, love, light. We arrive at the fourth course in many ways, and in fact it was the, uh, the truth at this particular seating that the fourth course was the main course. The main course. <laughs> So today, the main course is power. People get confused by power because power is not coercion. Power is not a show of aggression. Power is knowing at the core of our being that we are the creators of our experience, and we do not need to diminish anyone else in order to live the inherent power at the core of our soul. From life, love, and light, precedes, those things precede power because there is no opposing force at the level of pure spirit. Power is the activator behind all infinite possibility. So is there something that you are looking to experience and express in your life that perhaps seems out of reach right now? It may be that we have developed this idea that power or aggression is some way that we can get there, but I'm telling you today, relax. In just a little bit more slowly, the understanding of your expression as power inherent power, and that which you desire will flow more freely. In us, power is this, the innate control over our thoughts and feelings. It is our ability and freedom to choose. We have control over the experience and expression of our lives. Power is the expression of infinite freedom. And it is through power the choices of our lives are created. Power is action. Power is affirmation. We are, as Charles Fillmore said, the power of God in action. The power is not, not antagonistic. The power is not coercive. The power is not manipulative. The power is the core of our life force essence. And this power is expressed as well through the fifth course of our inherent expressed divinity, peace. Peace. Peace is the awareness and tranquility derived from the awareness of the Christ consciousness. 
that is the core of each and every one of us, that incarnating principle, the Christ mind. For Christ is not Jesus's last name. It is an understanding of his anointment and the anointment of each and every one of us. We can each and every one of us claim for ourselves that we are the very Christ expression as life. There is Christ Diane and Christ William and Christ Deborah and Christ Holly. And we should, I think, more and more and more accept this as our birthright, that we are anointed into this thing called life, and that as we express that through these seven courses and adhere to these seven courses, life just gets easier. And that, for me, is the whole point and purpose of spiritual practice. I want my life to be easier. And I have found when I am outside of spiritual practice, life is harder. And so I keep at it. I keep in the practice. So the spirit of the whole, the spirit of the whole, God, cannot set one part in antagonism against another. So peace is inherent at the core of all of this. For if there was an antagonistic expression at the level of the infinite, the infinite would destroy itself. There can be no antagonism in the infinite. So why do we accept antagonism in our own hearts? Let us be in alignment with that which we know to be true, that which we accept at the core of our hearts, the beingness, that love, light, life, power, and peace are guiding our way. Peace is inherent. I talk about it when I talk about the peace candle. It is inherent at the core of each and every one of us. So the question perhaps today around peace is why do we cover it up? Why do we act in any way that may not be in accordance with the peace at our core? So from life, love, light, power, and peace, we find ourselves at the sixth course, beauty. Beauty. Beauty is the principle of wholeness and understanding that the principle of wholeness recognizes itself in all things. That every expression of wholeness that exists, and that is everything that exists, recognizes the self in that expression. And in understanding that, it is all beautiful. So let us let go of any notion that there is ugliness in the world. The ugliness in the world comes from the way we might behave in the world, but it is not part of the infinite wholeness. We are at a place of choice in how we choose to be. Beauty is, as Charles Fillmore said, I love this, the loveliness of God beheld in all creation. The loveliness of God beheld in all creation. Spiritual persons behold this divine loveliness everywhere. So when they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, that is absolutely true. Beauty is in your decision to see things as beautiful, not because something out there is, has been defined as beautiful, beautiful by something else. So in what manner do you behold the world? Do you tend toward 
the ugliness of some circumstances. There's a lot of circumstances we could look at in our world that seem very ugly right now. Just turn on the news. There's a lot of stuff that we could look at and say, it's ugly, it's horrible. Or are you able to look through the circumstances and behold the God essence at the core? You know, with, uh, this was not something I intended to bring up today, but you know, what's happening in Afghanistan right now could be looked at as something very ugly. But I love what Fred Rogers says about things like that is when we turn on the TV, look for the helpers. Look for the people that are doing the good work. Look for the beauty that is inherent in what is happening there. There is beauty that can be uncovered in what is happening there, but it is up to us to recognize the beauty that exists there. And as we recognize the beauty that exists there inherently, the expression of that beauty will come forth more dominantly in the flow of this transition that's happening there. I hold firmly to that notion. It's up to each and every one of us, not some governmental structure, not something outside the self. It is up to each and every one of us to understand the beauty at the core. This is a challenge for many. And I'm going to acknowledge, this may be a big challenge for you. That's okay. You don't have to master it. As I said before, just allow a little bit right here and right now. In just, just a little bit to see beyond the circumstances and to behold the divine essence at the core of all creation is to see beauty in all things. And so we have reached our seventh course. For many people, it's their favorite course, dessert. Can I just tell you what we had for dessert? <laughs> Chocolate tart, vanilla ice cream, Chocolate hazelnuts, chocolate hazelnut dipped madeleines with French brandy. <laughs> so our dessert course today is joy. That is the dessert course. Troward expressed joy in this manner. Spirit, or God, cannot do otherwise than to find pleasure in the self-expression which its works afford it. That is living in joy. The infinite self-expression of us is joyful. And so let us celebrate with joy today. For Troward said, the ultimate purpose of life is to live in joy. I want to live in joy. I want to live with the dessert course a lot. I'm happy to experience all the other courses as well, but let's say yes to joy as part of our spiritual work in all things. Joy is the call of our heart that we may bring to everything we experience, and it is ours. Joy is ours to cultivate and celebrate. The substantive being of the all-originating spirit, also known as God, can be summed up in seven courses. Life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, and joy. The seven-course meal never ends. It's a journey of becoming, and we are in a constant state of becoming. We needn't have all seven courses mastered right here, right now. 
And I fear that's what many of us are working. It's like, we want to get it. Just enjoy the particular course that you are on. Savor it. Embody it. Let us relax, secure in the knowledge that we can enjoy each course and be satisfied. Because a little bit of life, a little bit of love, a little bit of light, a little bit of power, a little bit of peace, a little bit of beauty, and a little bit of joy will go a long way in infinitely nourishing the soul. So as Anna offered up in her song today, let us sing, let's sing it. Let's sing it, anything we want, let's sing it. Let's sing it, all our heart's desires. Let's sing it, let's sing it, let's sing it right into our lives. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. And now the homework. (laughs) I want us to, I'm going to start off by expressing the homework in this way. First of all, remembering that where we place our attention and intention, those things grow in our life. So I want you to choose just one of the seven courses to embody this week. Whether it's life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, or joy, let your life's journey be guided by this particular divine property you choose. Take note throughout the week of how the focus on any particular property or the property you choose shows up in your life. It's like the yellow car thing, right? You think about a yellow car and all of a sudden all you see are yellow cars everywhere. That's the way this stuff works. When you place your focus on an idea, it shows up everywhere. So choose one of the seven courses and really enjoy and embody and savor it this week. That's the homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.